the Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. A leper came to Jesus and pleaded on his knees, If you want to, he said, you can cure me. Feeling sorry for him, Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him. Of course I want to, he said, be cured. And the leprosy left him at once, and he was cured. Jesus immediately sent him away and sternly ordered him, Mind you say nothing to anyone, but go and show yourself to the priest, and make the offering for your healing prescribed by Moses as evidence of your recovery. The man went away, but then started talking about it freely and telling the story everywhere, so that Jesus could no longer go openly into any town but had to stay outside in places where nobody lived. Even so, people from all around would come to him. The Gospel of the Lord. Each Gospel, of which there are four, has its own approach to, um, to narrate, to tell us the history, the human history of Christ, what he did whilst he was with us. And so we, we don't just read the Gospels as if they were historical facts about a particular person and think, oh, well, there's a contradiction here and a contradiction there. But rather we read them as a whole because it is impossible to describe the whole of a person's life in, in one book, and much more when that person is a divine person. St. Mark, Mark's Gospel is the briefest, the shortest. It moves very, very quickly. When we begin the Gospel of St. Mark, he immediately launches into um, John the Baptist and then straight into our Lord's life. And two weeks ago, well, the, when we look at it, we need to, to put it in the context. If we go back, and today's reading is about um, leprosy and, and sin, if we go back to Genesis, when our first parents sinned, God was, came in the garden in the cool of the evening, and he called them, where are you? Adam, where are you? And he came trembling because who can disobey the voice of the Lord? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. Who told you you were naked? Have you been eating of the fruit of the tree I forbade you to eat? And immediately Adam said, the woman whom you gave me, gave me to eat. And the Lord asked the woman, what have you done? And she said, the serpent, he beguiled me. And the Lord asked, no excuse of the serpent, but said, because you have done this, cursed be you beyond all creatures. And so the first punishment lands on the serpent, who is the cause of sin, or rather the devil, who is disguised in the form of a serpent. And then he goes, the Lord turns to the woman, and he punishes her, because you've done this, he says. You, he first of all removes her equality to the man, your husband have dominion over you. He adds pain 
to to childbearing, and these childbearing, of course, was is is the noblest um, function of of a woman because she is in direct contact with the, with God's divine creativity, um, and then he turns to the man and he curses the earth. And since man is made to be fruitful, to work and to produce and to dominate, that also is taken away from him. From now on he has to struggle um, with the earth. And of course all of it is symbolic, because it's not the physical earth the struggle is so much as with ourselves. So our first struggle is always with ourselves to overcome, to overcome sin. You are dust, we are dust, we are earth. And this is what we've lost control over. But God didn't just leave it there. He also promised the Redeemer. And it is the Redeemer's whose life we, we now celebrate. It is the Redeemer's in whose life we rejoice because we have shared in the salvation, as we said in the psalm. He has surrounded us with cries of salvation. And so, going back to St. Mark's Gospel, the first miracle our Lord performs was in the synagogue according to St. Mark, in the synagogue, and he cast out the man who was possessed with the demons. The, the, this man in the, in the synagogue um, was, was tormented by demons who said, we know you are Jesus, son of the, of the Most High God, and the Lord cast them out. The second miracle, we told he went to the house of Simon Peter, and Simon's mother-in-law was ill in bed with a fever. And the fever also is a, one of the symbols of sin. We, we speak about the heat of passion. And he cures her. She gets up immediately and serves. And now the third, the man whose body is rotting away. And he is a leper. And he comes to Jesus, falls on his knees, and he begs, if you want to, you can cure me. Here is faith. He knows that the Savior has the power. What he doubts is the Savior's goodness, if you want to. It's a matter of the will. You can do it if you want, but do you want to? And sometimes we ask God that. We know God can do all things, but he doesn't do the things we want him to do. And so we are confronted with this will of God. The Lord, we're told, feel and sorry for him. What does he do? He stretches out his hand and touched him. Now, in the Mosaic law, a person who was leprous was immediately excluded. He wasn't excluded by anybody, but he, it was very specific, it was juridical. He had to go to the priest. And once the mark of leprosy was there, he had to make an appearance before the priest. And the priest would decide whether or not the disease was leprosy. And the priest would decide whether he should be excluded, excommunicated, or whether he, he, he was um, free. And if the cure did occur, he had to go back to the priest and say, look, I'm cured. And then the priest would, would um, absolve him, take him back into community, and he would perform the sacrifice, as our Lord himself said. Go, show your, do not say anything to him, but go show yourself to the priest and make the offering prescribed for your healing as evidence of your recovery. Now, as I said, the leprosy represents sin. And even in the Old Testament, there was such a thing as confession. And the sinner would present himself to the priest and make the, the confession. And again, the priest would, make, would um, absolve and the sin offering would be made. Our Lord 
was not a priest according to the order of Aaron, but rather of Melchizedek. Whereas the priests um, who were descended from Aaron um, had the power, it was not a power that affected the soul. It was one that was temporal, affecting the, the, the community itself. And so they were only, it could only, the, the, the priesthood of Aaron was only concerned with externals, the visible signs. Christ, however, being of a high order, being God, and having the priesthood according to the order of Melchizedek, has the power to affect the very soul. And so he demonstrates by healing the body that he also has power to heal the soul. And we think of the paralytic. My son, your sins are forgiven. Who is this man that blasphemes? Who can forgive sin but God alone? And the Lord, reading the heart, showing you his God, said to him, said to them, which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven or get up and walk? To show you that I have the power to forgive sin, he said to paralytic, get up and walk. And so likewise, our Lord here heals the man of his leprosy, takes away his sin. But even more, we're told he touched him. And again, the Mosaic law forbade anyone to touch a leper. To touch a leper was automatic uncleanness. But our Lord, again, by touching him, shows that he is above this law, that he cannot be made unclean by, by his association of sinners, but rather he is the one who cleanses. We told the man went away and started talking freely about what had happened, and rightly so he should. Because when God has done great things, good things, to us, we ought to give thanks. And there's no greater way of giving thanks than to proclaim the goodness of the Lord. So all of us have been contaminated by Adam's sin. We are all infected to lesser or greater degree. What is required always is that we go to the only one who can heal us, our Lord Jesus Christ. He touches us in the sacraments, especially in the Eucharist, but he also touches us in the other sacraments. There are three sacraments which um, forgive sin. Baptism, of course, which forgives all sin. And, more important, it also forgives all the punishment due to sin. We are made a new creature. This new creature, and it's symbolized by the white garment given us, this new creature has to grow up and, like Adam, has to face the challenges of life. It has to face temptation, it has to face sin. And so we sin and we are wounded. This wound can only be healed in the sacrament of confession. There comes a time, of course, when we have managed to become good soldiers, and that's the purpose of the sacrament of, con of confirmation. And we fight and we're not wounded as often, or we're not wounded as badly. But we age, and we become sick. And sickness also has a healing sacrament, the anointing of the sick. And this sacrament removes all of the injuries we've received because of our wounds in fighting, and as well as all of the inherent weaknesses, inclinations to sin we've inherited for Adam. And the sacrament of the sick is, is very important, enough, and a thing we should not, not despise. But when we are in need of it, and usually it's because of, of um, bodily weakness, we should 
um, ask the Lord to heal us there. The other sacraments give us grace, but in all of them, in each and every one of them, it is Christ who touches us and heals us of our leprosy. May he then, who is a merciful Savior, free us from our infirmities. Let us ask also that we will always be convinced of his goodness and of his desire to heal us. To whom be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.